just opened on like this punk beat and uh, me and Matt and Todd uh, just did scissor kicks for like half a minute straight at the start <laughs> of our set. <laughs> This is Skylar from Solo Norman, and this is the Scoped Exposure Podcast. Yay! Got like a janky setup here. Yeah, no, that's fine. I've I've had people record in their cars, uh, you know, like on their iPhones, so it's. And anything yeah. goes. Um, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure Podcast. Uh, I am blessed t- t- today to be uh, in the presence of uh, a very influential vocalist, uh, at least for me uh, growing up. This is uh, Dylan from Means. Thank you so much for coming on and jamming with me, man. Oh, yeah, thanks. That's a great introduction. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I... I I'll, I'll hit on some of these things, but, um, you guys played your last show or last tour in 2008. Um, and when you guys played the church basement, that was my, I would, I, I call that, that was my first real hardcore experience. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of things that I want to chat about some of those days, but you know, this is this is truly an honor to, you know, be chatting with you and having you on the show. So this means a lot to me. Oh, wow. Thanks. Happy to be here. Uh, uh, for the few folks at home who might not know who you are, do you want to just give an intro? Um, I guess how you're known in the, you know, hardcore music space. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I'm Dylan Johnstone. Um, I was a singer of the band means, and then I went on to, uh, Join slash start another band with some friends uh, called Continuance, and did that for a couple of years. And yeah, yeah. And now we're here. And uh, yeah, this. Uh, uh, when I was thinking about guests to have for season two of this podcast, uh, you know, having you on uh, was in my kind of top three as far as a, a hit list. Um, you know, Means has been a band that, like I was saying before, means a lot to me. And you know as scoped has grown, I've, I've found a lot of people outside of just, you know, the, the prairie provinces that also really like that band and, you know, talk about that band a lot. So yeah, this is a a very crucial episode that I'm very excited to be, to be doing. Um, before we get super into it though, Dylan, we got to do our, our Bev check to kind of start things off. So how about you tell the folks at home what you're going to be, uh, drinking on the podcast today? Uh, yeah, sure. So out here in Regina, uh, there's a local brewery that does kombucha. They're called Good Spirit. Okay. There, Good Spirit Kombucha. Yeah. Yeah, super good. Yeah, and that's a peach hibiscus. That's an interesting combo. Yeah, yeah. They have lots of different flavors. They do seasonal flavors. They had a really good gingerbread one over Christmas. Oh, and I've never heard of, of a Christmas kombucha. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I'm always I'm always into the the local bevs, and maybe that's a good transition for me. Um, you know, a huge goal of mine for this podcast was to have bev sponsors. So uh, this bev is brought to you by our friends at New Level, which ironically is like a, a brewery here in Calgary. But they over the pandemic started doing these craft sodas. Um, so oh, cool. 
it's called a pain apple punch. I've never had it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be giving you my honest feedback uh, while we're recording here. So um, I think well, it's just cool that a brewery is having you know options for people that maybe aren't necessarily um, you know into drinking beer, or some of those things. Yeah. So cheers to you. Um, start yeah, to be doing this. Let 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 me give a. I'll do an initial sip. Oh wow, that's like that's like pineapple juice, but like not super like sweet. So yeah, that's great. I'm into that. Um, so Dylan, um, usually how I like to get things started with any new guest that's on the show here is kind of ask them to give some context about how they got into like playing in bands and doing hardcore. So take me way back in time and uh, tell me some of the uh, formative records and moments for you growing up, um, you know, and in, in how you got into uh, how you're known, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, um, gosh, probably like grade six, grade seven, was when I started getting into like punk music. My friends were listening to like Nirvana and Green Day and stuff, and then got into some of the new metal stuff. And then um, somebody from a church that I was going to showed me Stretch Armstrong and Living Sacrifice. And um, yeah, I really fell in love with that uh, more sort of aggressive and just honest sound of hardcore music. Um, and so then I traveled down to this festival in the states when i was like 16 or 17 um and saw some bands from face down records um so like disciple ad and figure four they're from winnipeg obviously everyone knows them and was that uh, face down yeah. fest uh that you were at? no it, it was called cornerstone it was oh, like this okay. yeah, like yeah. Yeah. christian music festival whatever um so yeah i i went saw that and i uh i picked up the uh, face down fast dvd they would they'd put out this dvd with like had the worst sound quality of all time <laughs> on it and uh in in high school i would skateboard home at lunchtime and watch a couple of sets from this face down fast dvd and then i remember uh in grade 12 i'd skate the long way to school so i could listen to all of comeback kids album oh okay um <laughs> And you weren't taking yeah, the most efficient way to home. You were just bands. like, oh, I, I need to yeah. do the this block again so I can yeah. get through the last song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It only took like 15 minutes to get home or something, but I'd make it take 20 so I could listen to the whole Turn It Around album. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in a small town, not even in Regina, uh, but I'd drive, you know, drive a couple hours into a show in Saskatoon and then drive home and go to high school the next day and yeah so that was kind of my exposure to hardcore and punk um and then uh I started like I started a little band when I was in high school just with some friends I forced them to play hardcore music with me even though they weren't really into it and, um I did a couple of shows we had every new day come to Yorkton and um the guys in means they had already been playing for a couple or a few years and I had them uh, come to Yorkton as well, put on a show for them. And mm -hmm. then after high school, I wound up moving into Regina and joining the band. Was it, um, was it Murray and Scott Campbell that played in every new day? Yeah. 
Quest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually say. I worked with them at Quest like number of years ago. Oh, cool. And Murray was just like, "Oh yeah, I I played in this band." I was like, "Oh okay." And then I checked out. I was like, "Wait, you're in this band?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were so awesome. Um, this is you know I won't get too down this rabbit hole of gear, but they were a three piece band, and to my knowledge, Murray was playing out of two amps and had a delay pedal that was just slightly turned so like the repeats like didn't make it sound like it was coming like this it was just delayed so it sounded like two oh. guitar players were playing in sync but just human humanistically off if that makes sense um oh, okay so anyways that's just a random little gear tangent that i had heard through him but um yeah going back to it um yeah so so yeah, growing up in like Yorkton is kind of like a, like as far as people that don't know the geography of Canada, like that's a very isolated part of already isolating, um, you know, part of the country. So was, mm -hmm. did you like at that time, I, I've definitely seen the, the, the change as far as like bands, you know, a while back could go on tour and play those smaller cities and have crazy shows with hundreds of kids. And now it's like, you know, even Regina, which is like, you know, the major city to play there is, you know, they don't have crazy shows all the time. So is that, has mm -hmm. that been trippy on your end as far as like when you started, you know, going to shows and just kind of seeing the, 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 the change of that? Yeah, it is weird for sure. Um, I was just talking the other day with uh, Aaron from Means, the drummer from mm -hmm. Means. He he uh, is he has his own podcast, uh, Growing Up Punk. Yeah, and uh, we were just chatting about bands and um, about that sort of about you know bands used to play small towns and like I'm pretty sure AFI came to Yorkton and uh like bands i think he was saying he saw like layaway plan or somebody play in this town called ituna which is like even outside of yorkton like way smaller There's, it's like, called nothing tuna? there and ituna oh ituna that's weird <laughs> yeah yeah it's this tiny town and uh yeah it's strange that there used to be scenes in like that size of town like when we started out we would play everywhere like we played in bean fate saskatchewan and we played in assiniboia and like maple creek and like all these tiny places but um when i was in high yeah school, now like you said oh sorry you you keep going i interrupted you oh that's okay like yeah like you said like regina doesn't even have you know that many shows it seems like anymore but um yeah i can't imagine there are shows in these small towns anymore yeah um when I was in high school, I had heard about a show and this was before I kind of like knew about the local scene. I was like just getting into like kind of like the the face down bands at the time, like Plea and um, I'm, I'm trying to like even like Life in Your Way on on other labels. But um, I had heard that you guys were you were playing a show at Providence College. And for, for those that yeah. don't know, Providence College is like um, – I feel like saying it's a college town is almost giving it too much credit because it literally is like a a call a Christian college and then like a green elevator and some houses and that's it. And um, yeah, I just like I saw photos from that show and I was like blown away. And I actually ended up going there for a year after I graduated high school, and I'm just like 
going into that chapel and I'm like, man, people were pitting down, down these halls to means <laughs> one night here. So yeah, it is just weird to see. Like I, I, you know, shout out to Jeff, uh, if he's, uh, listening to this, but I think he had, uh, I don't, I don't know if he's, he, he was booking shows in like Winkler and all those kind of areas. Yeah. And those shows would be massive from the photos that I would see. Hmm. So, yeah, they were always super fun playing shows for Jeff and Winkler at the bunker. Yeah. I know he put on some shows for continuance there too. They were super fun. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that continuance also played there. Um, so, so kind of to, to back it up a little bit. So, and, and I would love to, to hear you kind of set the record straight. So, you know, means as a band, um, you know, has, there's like means to an end, which is kind of how you guys started. And then you dropped the to an end and just went the straight old hardcore single word route. Um, so when people talk about that band, I've heard it from multiple people where it's like, Oh, means is like, yeah, means is a Regina hardcore band. You know, they, they kind of made their mark in Saskatchewan. And then I have friends who grew up in Dauphin and they're like, no, no, no means started there. So there's like this controversy of like, you know, is it a Saskatchewan or Manitoba thing? So from the horse's mouth, do you want to kind of like, where do you land on that? <laughs> um, yeah, so they they had they were already called Means when I even joined them. So they had a full length album uh, before I joined um, under the name Means already, um, and they were living in Regina at that time. But they did definitely start in uh, Dauphin. Um, Matt, the the singer, was um, going to boarding school out there, and Aaron was oh, okay. Aaron grew up in Dauphin, and so they met out there and yeah started out there but yeah we i mean everything was still really small when when i joined and definitely picked up more you know as we started touring in you know 2005 or whatever yeah i think um i think in the in the in the last show uh set even though it's split up into multiple multiple videos i think matt says something to the to the degree of Regina hardcore adopting means. And I was like, Oh, okay. That that's yeah. probably the best way to put it is like started in Dauphin. And you don't really hear that nowadays with bands where it's like, Hey, we're relocating the band from, you know, Calgary to Vancouver or something like that. Like it's just either the band breaks up or the members, you know, comeback kid lives in like multiple cities nowadays, but people will always be like, yeah, that's a Winnipeg hardcore band. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, when it comes to like, so you you must have met up with the guys once they had moved, uh, and and were they just like, hey, we need someone to do vocals and and play bass, or how did that conversation even come to play? Um, yeah, I was, I guess I would have been graduating high school, and. Uh, had met them played together with my little high school band and uh they yeah sort of recruited me to do some vocals or possibly bass i think their bass player at the time um his name's blair he's a really awesome guy um he actually has a podcast too with another buddy of mine called shipwreck over safety oh, um, okay. they talk about like sort of like religion stuff and um kind of like religious deconstruction stuff mm -hmm. 
Um, but he, yeah, I think he was getting married. And so they thought he'd probably be um, calling it quits or something. And so they just touched base with me. I moved into Regina, which I was thinking about doing anyway. And um, yeah, we just kind of went from there. I played bass at first. And then we wound up finding a, a bass player and I moved up to just yelling. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was it kind of like, I've heard it from anybody who's a vocalist and does something like, like some, like Ian from regional justice center came on the podcast and he was like, yeah, doing drums and vocals full time is kind of punishing to a degree. So was it like, did you want to eventually just move to just being able to move around and kind of do one thing in the band? Yeah. Yeah. In in the band I was in previously, I was just a singer ah, okay. um, and I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really play bass necessarily. I kind of like had played guitar a little bit in church and bass and stuff, but um, yeah, the idea was always to just be the singer. Yeah. So there was just that period in, in the singer yelly guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, was, uh, as far as like, you know, means aesthetically, you know, it's, it's pretty like, it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of melodic nature that lean on, on the band side. Um, and that was a huge reason like that I gravitated towards it. Um, you know, I grew up a lot with, you know, your typical Canadian punk, uh, you know, Billy talent, some 41. So like hearing heavier music, but like still the singing and the melodic nature i was like oh okay this this makes sense versus like you know if if you know if someone threw a cannibal corpse record at me i'd be like i don't understand this it's too scary um so with means like i think when you guys were were active there was definitely a lot of more melodic bands happening at the time um you know life in your way comes to mind uh it prevails comes to mind um, I was, I was also, there was a band from the UK that I really, really liked called landscapes. I don't know if you, um, heard of them, but, um, was that kind of, do you think that that was just like a timing thing? Cause it seems like nowadays there is very few and far between, uh, like melodic hardcore bands that are like, we're not, you know, dipping our toes into metalcore, really heavy stuff. It's like, so being, being, I guess, doing what you guys did is that kind of weird to see like oh this i don't know if this was a trend at least when we were doing it but like it definitely has teetered off yeah i don't know if i'm super like up to date on all the current pants sure um i actually just within like probably the last six months found that newer uh, it prevails ep and I think it came out in like 2016 or something, but I totally miss it. <laughs> um, but it's super awesome. I love it. Um, but yeah, back in like, like before I joined Means, they were, um, you know, even more so kind of like indie post-hardcore kind of thing. Um, and then we, our first like EP was a bit less heavy and then we got a little bit heavier and then a bit more, kind of traditional faster hardcore kind of stuff in our last album um but yeah i don't know i always really loved the melodic stuff um really loved comeback kid and 
and uh, the band Beloved. I think mm -hmm. that was a big influence on Means for sure. Um, and like Misery Signals and that kind of bands with that sort of melodic and sometimes like atmospheric kind of sound we all really loved. Yeah, I think the the Misery Signals influence is pretty clear, like especially, you know, not having a a very like a lot of the songs have a lot of intricacies to them. Like there's a lot of parts where it's like we're there for, you know, two two beats and then we're into this and then there's like the heavy part and then there's this big long like um you know just like guitar work and then it comes back so was was that always the goal to like hey let's let's be different versus like you're hey we're a hardcore band but we play like melodic chords like did you want to have that technical stuff kind of out the gate um yeah i think so um they always um like matt was the main songwriter like kind of wrote everything him and aaron would work out like what to do with the drums together um so i wasn't really like involved in much of like the musical writing mm. um or any of it obviously but uh yeah i think that he always has like really cool writing and always had interesting parts and wrote interesting songs and um yeah i think we were at that time getting into some like like i said i was really into figure four and comeback hit and that kind of hardcore stuff Hatebreed, and um yeah we kind of took like the sort of like i don't know if you'd say like moaning sort of like indie a little bit heavy sound that they had before mm. and integrated some of the more like heavy kind of misery signals shy hollywood um like figure four comeback hit kind of sounds into that mm -hmm. Uh, when you guys started, um, you know, kind of, okay, this is the lineup with the four band members and then like getting, getting on with face down eventually came into the picture. Um, you know, a huge goal of mine since starting scoped, um, was to kind of put more attention on bands here in Western Canada. Cause a lot of the time, you know, tour packages will skip over, you know, they will be North American and then it's Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to, to put it into perspective of like, you know, the timing of things like, you know, bands, bands from around here can really, uh, have a lot of obstacles as far as like playing in the States are, are those obstacles that are probably there now, like in the, in a world that where people could actually play shows, were those kind of the same things for you guys? Or do you think things have gone harder or easier? Where are your thoughts there? um yeah i can't really like speak to how it is now because it's been so long since i've done it but um yeah it wasn't easy back then um you know you you couldn't just go and play shows like you needed a work visa if you're gonna make money down there right and so you could get visas but you were still sort of like gaming the system to make it work because you needed to have like all these approved shows that the promoters had to sign off of and you had to be making a certain amount of money actually to even be eligible oh, and really? so you could yeah so you could get you could like get all the paperwork lined up but when it came down to it you still were like sort of not totally doing it like exactly by the book and mm. so that you were always sort of like scared that something would go wrong and sure. they'd send you back and um yeah like taking merch across was always sketchy too and 
So one time we almost had like a bunch of emergencies at the border because we didn't have the right paperwork and it wasn't like NAFTA friendly or whatever. And oh. it was always kind of stressful. Um, but yeah, it was still, it was still fun. Continuance did get turned away at the border one time coming back into Canada because most of our members were from the States. Oh, And uh, so we were coming up for a tour in Eastern Canada out in like Maine and we got turned away and had to drive back to Indiana and cancel like a week of shows. Shoot. It really sucked. And, and, and the reason yeah. for that was just like paperwork stuff or was there something else kind of going on? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was the same thing coming into Canada, like for American artists to come up into Canada, like I think it's easier, but you still had to do some stuff. And sometimes like, they'd let you go like when they see that you're you know wearing ratty jeans and haven't eaten in a week or whatever they just feel like right. it doesn't matter go whatever but yeah sometimes if you didn't have everything lined up they would not let you go so mm-hmm. um when you think back to when means was kind of touring around um you guys had played like i it's funny when i was looking for i'm like I, i'm curious if dylan has done like like other interviews or like maybe podcasts with, you know, Aaron and some of the other guys doing stuff right now. But the only one that I could find, it's also weird to Google means. Cause like you guys don't, pop yeah. up right away. but the only interview that I yeah, could find was, um, was Andy from, from plea, uh, talking to you. I think it was like a, uh, cornerstone <laughs> update video. Oh shoot. <laughs> and he was like, what's it like being the hottest band on face down? And you're like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny have you uh have you chatted with him semi semi recently or keep in touch no no i'm pretty bad at staying in touch with people if i don't see them <laughs> right but yeah yeah um i th- i think i think the point that i was trying to bring up there was just like uh yeah like when when you guys were kind of doing stuff Oh yeah, that's that's where I was going. So w- when you were doing that, you were mentioning that you had an upcoming tour with It Prevails and some other uh, some other bands. Did you guys always try to be diverse and p- play with you know super heavy bands that maybe weren't as melodic, or did you feel like you tried to stay within that so it made sense when you you know came to the show versus going to the death metal show and everyone's like, what are these you know what's this guy with a big beard singing with a pretty voice? Yeah, um, we we definitely tried to, you know, go places where it made sense. Um, like, yeah, there's a, there's other people kind of involved in that as well. Like, you have people booking for you, and um, you know, and so people are thinking about the marketing aspect of it as well too. Like, you're trying to broaden your audience and and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we always wanted to play with the bands that we liked and. Um, you know, you develop friendships with bands and want to go out with them again and stuff like that. But, you know, you'd wind up with with bands that didn't always totally make sense for you to be with. And I, I found that in the States, like the scenes were a little bit more segregated as well. Like in Canada, especially in the prairies, like there's just not enough people to have like a really segregated scene, right? Like mm-hmm. you have... Um, you know, you have hardcore bands playing with indie bands and metal and punk and whatever. And like, um, 
it just was fine right like i'm sure you remember shows like that too oh where, for sure yeah um, it, it's just a mix and everybody's there to have fun and you know if it was just the hardcore kids trying to have their own scene like it wouldn't survive because there's just not enough of them right right but down there like we we did a tour with um amir and death star oh they had death okay. star was on face down and it was before i think amir was probably like really huge but you know there'd be like 200 kids at a show or something and they'd be freaking out for like the local band that's just like these you know same breakdown every song or whatever and then we get up and play and everybody like go outside and then come back in for death star and go nuts again <laughs> so it was a little bit there's more of that in the states i feel like sure than up in canada but yeah i i, I know um Nathan from Stepping Stone, who's a Regina local, like when we when we chatted on the podcast, he was, you know, mentioning on how, you know, there might not be the biggest hardcore scene, but there's a lot of mixed bill shows. So you have hardcore bands that play with, you know, an indie band, you know, uh, a rapper, things like that. And some of those shows are really fun. Like I remember I was playing a show and there was a comedian that like was kind of like emceeing the night which was a little strange but it was funny because he would like kind of roast the band before they'd play and then everyone would go off for the band so he's like oh i was i was wrong you guys really like this band i guess so um i think i think having variety you know whether it's we're playing the big festival with professional stage and and lighting and all that versus like stuff that's maybe a little weirder i guess mm-hmm. Um, was there, did you, did you feel like that was, you know, you know, you were bringing up the, you know, people would leave and then watch, uh, Death Star come back. Um, did you feel like that was like only in the States and like a lot more, I guess, forgiving and just like accepting in Canada? Yeah, I think there was a lot more of that down there. Um, you know, it was cause there's more people and there's way more bands and, um you know they have access to different shows like a lot more shows probably and and yeah there was a lot less of that in canada i would say um yeah you'd always like you'd get you know hardcore kids at shows that you know obviously didn't like you or whatever but um for the most part and i feel like it was different places too like maybe i don't remember as much of that in calgary um but I feel like there was more of it in Edmonton, probably in Winnipeg. Mm. Um, but but way less than in the states. Like there, yeah, it was a lot more like that in the states and in Canada. There was a lot less, and yeah, people were more just open to different things and more variety. And yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's tough too, because like um, like America, whether we like it or not, is kind of like the if if you want to rank countries on the most important as far as hardcore goes, America probably will forever be number one there just as far as yeah. them having some of the most uh, foundational bands coming from, you know, places like New York or California. Um, so it's like you guys are going down there to try and like branch out and like grow the band's awareness. Um, but yeah, if, if people aren't even like, you'll, it kind of goes even to just modern day stuff. Cause when I film shows, I'm like there for every band. It's not like I film one song. I'm like, uh, this is not for me. I'm like 
I'm documenting it, so I want to, you know, do it front to back for everyone. A lot of the time, people would be like, yeah, this isn't for me, and they'll go outside, have a smoke, take a piss, you know, whatever it is. So I think sometimes you won't know if you like something or not if you're not even going to try and give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, I mean, all that being said, like, there were some awesome places to play in the States, too, and, and lots of people did really like us and were into that style and uh yeah like we you know lots of people obviously loved like shy flute and life in your way and those kind of bands too and misery signals and there was there was still a good reception for that yeah um in a lot of places so we're gonna jump around as far as timelines go because i i I, yeah, sure. I would like to talk about i guess like the first time i saw you guys um because it was with i'm trying to remember the exact lineup because it was uh, you guys on tour with Horizons, and then because this is at the church basement, like the second last show, uh, and then I think it was oh, okay. Fallen Assault was opening, In Arms, and In Arms was the band that I had a friend's brother in or something like that. Uh, I'm tr- I'm blanking on the band in the middle of that. Uh, I'm not sure if they were a touring band or not, but yeah, that was like literally. Hey, do you want to go to the show? Yeah, I kind of i i've i've watched that connected music video. I kind of know who that band is. I'll go and check them out. And uh, yeah, like when I think about my first real hardcore experience, it was that because it was like we're in this tiny, like little basement of a church. People are like jumping on one another, and you know the ceiling panels are <laughs> bouncing in and out. You know, people are moshing so hard that the speakers were falling down, and people were catching it. And that was like, for me, the first exposure to just like that level of energy. Um, do you, do you remember that show specifically? Cause I, I'm sure you remember the, the very last mean show very vividly, but, um, that's, mm-hmm. that's the one that I was at. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I remember bits and pieces of that show. Um, I'm trying to remember who, like I, I know we did that tour with Horizons. It might have just been Horizons that was on the tour. Then we had local bands playing each show. Because mm-hmm. in Regina, we had Holly Springs on the show. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they were yeah, on I don't, the tour. I think they just played that show. Yeah, because I only saw them for the first time like years later when I was actually in mm. like into heavy music. It was... I think it was like structures or something and that's that's way down the line mm-hmm. but yeah i think they they must have just played regina and not winnipeg um but yeah it was very funny because i remember vividly you know having this really good hardcore experience i go to the merch booth um it's crazy to think that i was buying a size l- small and now i wear like a larger xl but i think i <laughs> i only was wearing i just bought the I guess whatever the the final show or the final tour graphic poster shirt, and uh, oh, cool. I wore that thing until like it was like yeah I I cannot wear a small because it's like almost showing my belly button at this point. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, as far as like the the final show in Regina, like tell me about just like the response, the vibe, like mm-hmm. kind of what went in going into that. Um, yeah, it was really awesome. Um, we were really fortunate to have, um, you know, so many people that 
cared about what we were doing and really supported us. And it's always awesome coming home to Regina and playing a show. Um, yeah, and to do it at, uh, we did it at the university at the Riddell Center, um, which was, you know, a little bit, there's a different place that we would usually play, but Riddell was a little bit bigger. So to do it there and have so many people out and all our friends and stuff was really awesome. And yeah, a great way to uh, end our career with that band. And um, yeah, it was a really, a really great show and definitely have fond memories of it. And afterwards, a couple of, uh, of the guys that were sort of, you know, really into the scene and, and good friends of ours, uh, they framed the final show poster and a bunch of our friends like signed it and stuff mm. and gave them to us after. And yeah, it was really special and really awesome. Um, and for me personally, my, so I had, uh, my family kind of lives all spread out. I have four siblings and they live all over the place, Arizona and Australia and um, Toronto and Vancouver. And my brother from, uh, from Arizona had said he wasn't going to make the show, but then he came up and surprised me, but I didn't see him until we were already playing. Oh. And so we're like, we're playing and I like see him out in the crowd singing along. I was like, what is that? Brennan like what's going on right and I just sort of like realized like mid-set that he was there and yeah it was really awesome it was so fun that's so funny you're like it's not even like a hey I'm here it's just like he's like yeah. trying to grab the mic like hey Dylan I'm here <laughs> yeah yeah it was great was that like like I'm sure you were just so in your muscle memory of of playing that you were like not even like like did it like uh, not trip you up, but you were like, whoa, like what's happening? <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean, you play like the same set every night for, you know, however many days. It's yeah. just kind of, you're on autopilot a little bit while you're doing it. And yeah, for Thinking sure. about other things a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that last show is interesting because I think that there, are, I think when, um, when it was first happening, I was like, I had fr I had friends who were like, oh yeah, I went, I drove out to that show, it was insane, and I was like so new to just like, like, like a like a local scene in general. I was like, I don't know who's doing that. I'm going to school still, like, um, but I I remember I went online to go watch to see if there was a video because I think someone was either sharing it. I can't remember the exact details, but I it pained me as like a videographer that like the, I thought it was only one shot to be honest, where it's like just to the stage and showing kind of the silhouettes of the crowd. But then when I was like prepping for this podcast, I was like, Oh, there are other angles. Maybe it was just the one that I watched earlier on. It was like, maybe huh. they didn't cut away to that. Um, but you know, definitely like you were saying earlier with the, um, with the face down DVD, like, you know, some, sometimes it, it reflects on the times as far as technology goes, as far as like yeah. live set quality and things like that. So mm -hmm. in, in a weird way, it almost like made me want to like film shows. Like, I think that was like mm -hmm. a huge seed that was planted for me to eventually start filming shows and, and make sure that, that a things were documented, but B like in a way that people can like relive them um, you know, and, and try to give the best qualities I can. Sometimes you're shooting a show in someone's basement and the sound is as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly what happened with that. Like, in hindsight, it would have been great if we had set something up. Um, I think that was maybe a film student or something had approached us about just doing it. And we were like, yeah, sure. And I think that they were planning on getting like the sound from the sound booth and from like from the soundboard and it didn't work or something. Mm. I don't remember what happened, but yeah, it would have been cool to have somebody like actually do it. Um, and yeah, if you were, if you're doing it now, I'm sure it'd be easy, but <laughs> yeah, back then it was probably a little more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Most people just quality. had like camcorders, like this style to like at least video it. And, that, and yeah. that's what I always say. It's like at least someone actually recorded it, whether it was on their mm. phone or whatever, versus like, oh, that would have been cool. Like you have some form of documentation of it, which in my opinion is the most important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny looking back at shows and and uh, like photos and there'll be a picture of us playing and like everyone in the front row has like a, a digital camera out. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one where so it like funny. like one of those yeah 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 no that's too yeah. funny yeah now nowadays it's like you're getting a way better picture just out of your phone um yeah but uh no that's that's really funny um you know just just on the you know on that subject like i think there i was i was trying to look for um you know live sets of you guys and in that uh in that cornerstone video like half of the video is like you being like interviewed i'll use air quotes because it was like very loose um but then the second half was like you guys actually playing cornerstone fest um uh, if i remember oh, cool. correctly um yeah like was that like a common was that uncommon or common when you guys were playing shows like even just on a photo side like you know were there tons of people taking photos um yeah i feel like not really um there'd be a couple but yeah not everybody was like i mean yeah like you you said you needed like a video camera to, to film and so nobody had their phone out and was just like taking video or anything um people you know a few people would have cameras and stuff but mm -hmm. we were really fortunate to have um a friend who grew up in Dauphin and was good friends with Aaron. His name's Jess Bombing. Um, he came on tour with us a couple of times. He came on the last tour and did a bunch of photos. And he is like totally like professional mm. photographer from Toronto now. And um, so we have some really good documentation that way. Was he taking but, photos at the, the last Winnipeg show by chance? Um, I don't remember how that worked. I think he came on, he came on some of the Western tour and winnipeg might have been like on our way back from the east or it might have been on our way out or something so right. we might not have been there yeah because i don't think that there are photos from the winnipeg one yeah like any any winnipeg person who's listening to this and is like i have something like please send it to me because that would be oh, something yeah. that i would love to just look back on you know from being from someone that appreciates documentation but like at the time was like i don't even know what this show is right now so um yeah yeah, sometimes it's it's nice to put it in the ethos because you never know where you get back. Um, you know, mm -hmm. being the vocalist of that band, you know, the melodic nature, um, you know, was definitely apparent, you know, on, I think a, a, a big thing that made me gravitate towards you guys and, and maybe just, again, being such a 
an intro band for a lot of things related in hardcore was how like positive the lyrics were. Um, obviously, you know, being on face down and, you know, repping like a lot of, you know, Christian things, like, you know, obviously some of those things made sense. Um, you know, being kind of like so far on the other side of it now, like, are there any specific lyrics that weirdly enough, like affect you in like, you know, you know, you're just going about your day and then you think about something that you wrote, you know, 13 years ago or anything like that? Um, yeah. So in means I didn't really write lyrics. Oh, um, okay. It was, it was mostly Matt. Like I contributed a tiny bit, but, um, he, yeah, he is like super creative and is always writing stuff and just had this stuff ready to go. And so we kind of go over it and, um, but yeah, and I mean, a lot of that stuff I don't even totally remember at this point. Like, sure. I'll, I'll put stuff on and like listen just for nostalgia's sake every now and then. But I don't like like routinely listen to myself. I have a couple like a couple of the songs on uh, a playlist that I play when I go running, and so it'll come on. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit. Um, there's a couple songs that. I still really like for sure. And, um, and yeah, some of the stuff, uh, that I wrote in continuance, I wrote all the lyrics and, and so there is some of stuff, some of the stuff in there that, uh, that I wrote that I'll think of now and then. And yeah, it's kind of funny. Like after music and everything, I went back to school and, uh, went to school for engineering. Mm -hmm. And so the creative, side of me was just kind of like didn't really have time for a lot of that stuff and one of the songs that i wrote back then was about you know sort of keeping that creative side of you alive even when it feels like the world just kind of wants to kill it and mm -hmm. and so it has been a bit of an inspiration for me from time to time and yeah it's funny to kind of look back on um yeah 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 i think like you know, I, I definitely want to touch on continuance because I know that's a, you know, a pretty hefty part of, um, I guess, your musical experience. But um, I know with means like even just sending you strength, like I think that first show for me, like hearing people scream that into this tiny room and have it bounce off mm -hmm. the walls like that was really like I was like, OK, like there's something really um something really pow powerful with like a lot of the words that are being said here. So I think mm -hmm. like, I think like strength, that word overall has really just, you know, has come around in different bands that I've, you know, become a cult fan of, so to speak. Um, whether it's like, um, this, this band's a little bit newer, but there's a band from Texas, uh, called Clue by Con. And like there, there'd be certain songs that they would talk about, like, um, you know, about inner strength and mental strength and some of those things. And I think because mm -hmm. you guys almost like that was one of the first things that I heard that was like just something that ties together for me. Um, is it, it, and you know, again, being on the other side of it is like even with continuance or means, has it been weird to have even people to like this day be like, yo, like these words that you were screaming at my face, like, you know, so many years ago, like, were so impactful for me, you know, in this moment in my life, whether it was, 
you know, a year ago, 10 years ago, like. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's always super encouraging to hear, you know, people's stories around that and, um, you know, humbling to, to know that we could, you know, really encourage people and make a difference in people's lives. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, that's what it, you know, really what it was all about was just trying to encourage people wherever they were at and, Mm. um, you know, just kind of sow hope and positivity and strength into people. And, um, yeah, because, you know, life can be really hard sometimes, but, um, you know, all of us, I think really found that, um, that strength in, in music and the bands that we grew up listening to and, you know, the bands that influenced us to get into hardcore and punk music. And, um, you know, there, there's value for sure in some of like, some of the music can be, you know, a little bit negative when you, you know, there's just negative things to wrestle through in life. And, um, yeah, something that was really always attractive to me about hardcore and punk music was just the honesty and it just seemed so much more real than a lot of other stuff. And, um, but yeah, I was really gravitated towards bands that were positive and hopeful and, um, you know, that you could really, um, draw strength from their message and the sound and stuff. So, yeah. Um, when you guys were on face down, like, I'm sure that you guys had like, like I, I, I had Jeremy from comeback kid on the podcast and they were just talking about how, you know, like they still to this day always had the struggle of being like, Oh, like comeback kid. That was that Christian band. And it was like, well, not a hundred percent. Um, so, you know, being a band that definitely, you know, repped that, but not in the sense of like, Hey, we're going to just like, preach Jesus to you on stage. Like there, there, that wasn't the the same vibe for me. Like Mm. even despite having it in a very like, Hey, if you want to chat about it after the show, like come and talk to any of us or, or whatever, did you still feel like, like maybe some, you got some, not as open of an invitation because it's like, Oh, that's a face down band. That's a band that's going to be trying to, to push me in a certain direction. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe somewhat. Um, I think like, I know some people in Canada didn't like associate us with being a Christian band or anything. And, Mm. um, you know, like wouldn't have even known. And, you know, as, as we kind of progressed in our career, like our, our first EP was like very straightforward and, I think we even say the name Jesus or something in one of the songs. And, okay. and as we, as we, you know, continue to tour and, and stuff, we, you know, I mean, we never were like preachy from stage or anything or mm. whatever. Um, yeah. I think we really just started to see the value in um, just building friendships and, and sort of lost a bit of that young naive like we have everything figured out and we have the answer for you mm-hmm. kind of attitude and and really saw the value in um just getting to know people and and build friendships and um and you know recognizing that we have lots to learn from other people as well like we don't yeah. 
we don't have all the answers. And so, you know, we're just, we were just sort of there to encourage people and, um, you know, build relationships and have fun. And, you know, really, it wasn't just that we, you know, our strategy was to like, not preach up front, but then, you know, we'll get you when you come to buy something from the merch table <laughs> or something. Right. Like we, you know, we really, I think, I mean, we're, we were all at different places, so I can't speak for everybody, but right. um, yeah, we really enjoyed the friendships and, and saw, you know, when you, when you're, I think when you're raised in the church, you can get the idea that you really are like, this savior for everybody or something. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you, you know, experience the world, you see that, you know, there's goodness all over the place and, you know, I don't have the best answer for everybody and, you know, probably not even the best answer for myself all the time either. Right. So, you know, we, we drew, you know, strength and encouragement from other people that, um, you know, were outside our own little bubbles too. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely like, you know, I grew up, um, in a Christian household and like, I, I definitely accredit a lot of the, you know, face down bands because it was like, Hey, this is like harder music that I can get away with listening before. Like my mom's like, wait, what? Like how many swears are on this? So I, I definitely think about, you know, bands like, you know, haste the day as I dying, you guys, like there's, there was definitely a lot of those. Um, I think the first hardcore fest I actually went to, and I, and I wasn't sure when we were talking earlier about if it was face down fest or cornerstone. Um, the, the first fest I went to was sunshine fest, uh, which is, oh, yeah. uh, just outside of Minneapolis was it? No, it was on, yeah. in Wilmar, uh, Minnesota, I think. Um, so yeah, I saw, you know, a, plethora of bands plead for purging i saw gideon for the first time so there was a ton for me to chew on um but yeah i think over the years and as i've grown in my own individual self there's just a lot more where it's like who am i to like in insert myself in someone's scenario and tell them whether it's right or wrong like when like you were saying like maybe i don't have the best answers for you because i definitely sometimes feel I don't have the best answer to myself. And I think it's just a constant, like, yeah, just like, I've definitely seen a lot of that where I've found individuals in the hardcore scene were super nice people. And then finding out way later on that, that they grew up in a Christian household or they had faith or, or whatever you want to call it. So it's always been just interesting to kind of see that shift where it's not as like, so like, like for lack of a better term, like for today esque, where it's like very pushy, uh, (laughs) down, down your throat. Um, but I, you know, in the same token, like I, I kind of, I've talked about this one on the podcast before. Like, I think face down had like a great roster of bands, um, kind of in that time of like the late 2010s. And now I don't know a single band that's on that label. Um, Mm. I don't know if, if you keep up with what they're doing or, you know, listen to, to, you know, new releases that they have. I thought that they weren't doing anything to be honest. Hmm. Um, yeah, they, they still have some bands going. Um, um, 
gosh, I didn't like. This is not the before, face sound so quiz <laughs> podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they, I yeah, I I keep up with a couple um, bands a little bit. Um, there's a band called Comrades that uh, John, who played drums in Life in Your Way. Oh, okay. uh, he played drums. I'm not sure if he currently is still. He might not be anymore, but he was. He's on their latest record playing drums and yelling a little bit. Um, and yeah, he is really awesome. He's played in a, a bunch of bands and, you know, I got to know him in Life in Your Way. And then he sang for a band called Solidarity that was out of uh, Minnesota for a little bit. And um, so, yeah, there's that band. And then I don't know if you know the band Hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything in Slow Motion, I guess, is the the new iteration of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Shane is is a great, great musician. Yeah, yeah, he is really awesome. Um, So he's still doing some stuff. And yeah, I'm not sure who else they have. Um, I'm part of a a Face Down fan Facebook group. And I see stuff on there every now and then. But uh, yeah, I don't always follow through like, for the most part, I kind of only listen to heavy music when I'm running these days. And I sort of have a playlist of like most of the older stuff that I listen to. Right. But it's um, kind of funny that you're on a face down fan page and you're like, I was on this label. <laughs> Do I get like special privileges? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It's fun to, to be on there and see people chatting. And I mean, before I was in a face down band, like I said, I was a huge face down fan. And, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was, I was there and still in there and yeah, I was just lucky and, and fortunate enough to be involved with, with that stuff. And yeah. Get the um, chance to do what we did. Yeah. So I, I think we've hit a lot of different points on, on means. Uh, let's talk about continuance. So, that band like pretty much kind of came onto the the market like really soon after you guys um kind of wrapped up mean so was that a were things in the works kind of on the like okay we're we're deciding to break up and we're planning that out that final tour but you know i have this continuance thing in the works um you know it was also uh, that band was in Indiana. So you move like, mm-hmm. tell, tell me about how the idea yeah. of that came to be. And, you know, ultimately you going down there to, to, to be a part of that. Yeah. So continuance, um, came out of a band called saints never surrender. Oh, okay. um, and they, their, their singer had quit, I think in 2008 and, um, they were, I think, trying out different singers, like getting some fill-ins and looking for a permanent singer. And I actually went down and filled in on a tour with them uh, before the final means tour. Hmm. And um, we means had toured a little bit with them. Gosh, I can't remember. I know they played um, on a Life in Your Way show. Might have been Life in Your Way's final show before they broke up and then go back together but so we knew them a little bit and uh, so I went down and filled in for them and then after means broke up um, they they had sent me a couple demos to just see what I thought of and um, I loved them and just like lyrics just started kind of coming to me for them and so 
I said like, yeah, I'd come down and and see um, if it worked to kind of join that band. But they um, they were in a bit of a transition, like besides just their singer leaving with, um, um, yeah, just like the, the guys were a bit younger and for them, none of like faith wasn't super important to, I think the guys that were in the band, like it was one of those bands that had changed a lot of members. And like, I think originally it was like a super Christian band. And then the people who like really held those beliefs, like kind of had left and new people had joined that weren't really. And so, I mean, you run into that all the time with bands that like sort of just stay in that area because there's, you know, it's sort of like a whole different market, like the Christian scene or whatever. Yeah. Um, but so when I was going down to join, um, you know, none of them really like were serious about being a Christian band or whatever. And I was a little bit over like being that as well, just in seeing like the Christian music scene or whatever. And like how a lot of it's sort of just marketing at times. And, yeah. um, and so there was stuff going on with like the label that they were on too. And um, so we decided to change the name because um, they had, they were supposed to do another record with this label they were on. And I don't really know what was going on, but they just didn't, they wanted out of that contract, I guess. So sure. we just, and I, I like, people were just calling them saints and they were like, well, let's just change the name to saints. But I really didn't want to be like a band called, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just didn't like that name. You're so like, like, I don't want to just... be in a super Christian band, but also be called saints. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I felt like it was just more honest to be like, you know, upfront about like what we are and what we aren't. And mm. so, um, yeah, we changed the name and uh, we still, I think we did like a tour or two where we still played some old songs just because we hadn't written a bunch of new songs yet. But um, yeah, so I went down to Indiana and uh, hung out there and we just jammed and wrote some new songs and started touring and then I had um, a friend who had been in some um, other bands in Saskatchewan uh, come down and join us. Uh, Steven, he plays in Northcote actually now with Matt. Oh, cool. And and yes, yeah, so we started touring with those as continuance and uh, put out a record on Rise, which was really fortunate that they cared enough to put out a record. Kind of surprised that, that Rise, because but... most of the... <laughs> Most of their roster is like break breakdown read read kind of bands or you know like yeah they've kind of gone I mean, through the gauntlet of that. Yeah, I think they're like now they're really diverse and have like some huge bands and stuff. Yeah. And at the time, like they had had Devil Wears Prada. I don't think they did anymore, but um, they I think they had been talking to Saints. Um, that like yeah they had been they had been chatting before. And, um, I think the guy who used to run it was friends with somebody from it prevails and it prevails had toured the saints or something. So there was some kind of connection. Sure. And, uh, he liked the stuff that we were writing. So put the record out for us, which was really awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you end up just move, like, did you move down to Indiana or is it like, Hey, I'm in this band and I'll just come <clears> down <throat> when we're jamming or, or go going to go out on tour. Yeah, like we were touring quite a bit. And so um, 
it, depending on like how big of a break we had in between, I would hang out yeah. there. Um, the one of the guitarists, his parents were really awesome and let me stay at their place when you know we'd be off for like a few weeks or a month or something. Um, but I think if it was any longer than that, I would go back home. But we might not have had any stretches longer than like a month where we weren't playing shows. Yeah. Don't really remember. Yeah. But well, back then in general, like I think bands just toured in general so, so much more and, and for longer stretches. Um, I had someone on the podcast just earlier today recording a, a few episodes and they're like, yeah, like, I don't know how many bands once they come through this will, I think it will be like one of two things. Either bands will be like, I want to tour as much as I can because I've been deprived of it for, for almost two years now. And then there will be bands of like, you know, maybe we just fly in, do a festival if they ask us or, you know, they won't go as, you know, but back then it was like bands would be like, yeah, we're going out for three weeks. And it was like, that was a normal thing or sorry, not three weeks, three months. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like you would, you know, the label would pay for your record and stuff, but then you had to go out on tour and sell it <laughs> so you could pay them back for it. Right. Right. Um, Cause you weren't, you know, unless you're a huge band that's you like your record wasn't blown up in the stores or anything. Right. So you had to get out there and try to get it in front of new people and, you know, beg them to buy it and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um which i'm sure it's even worse these days because nobody even buys records anymore so yeah like you only make I, money from touring probably yeah like i do think i don't know it has been impressive to see certain bands just market themselves really well so they you know can do a pressing of a vinyl and it sells out and then they do a second and you know can mm -hmm. really i think back then it was just like you know people weren't as connected. So it's just like, I'm going to the local show. They might, you know, only bring a certain amount of money, but now it's like, you can like shows aren't even happening, but people are still buying records, buying merch, you know, supporting bands in some ways. So, um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's very strange. And, and, and yeah, like I'm sure every record label has big or small ha have different agreements of like, okay, we'll we'll do a vinyl run, but you know, this is, you know, the, the contract, and I think now too, like a lot of hardcore is like bands are more like willing to do like, Hey, we're just going to do a small run of tapes with our friend. And that fulfills the need for us to have something physical. Right. Yeah. I'm sure it's totally different these days than it would have been for us. Um, with continuance, like, so you guys put out that one record, uh, it's, you know, a, a year, a record that's 10 years old as far as uh, November, yeah. uh, which, you know, it's pretty crazy. So, you know, how, like, why did that band kind of fizzle out? Like it, it kind of just, I think when I was watching kind of from my little small world of living in Winnipeg and just getting into heavier music, I was like, oh, okay. So Dylan means broke up. Dylan did this band and then like I didn't really see a second iteration of that. Was there a second record that you guys are working on and then things just fell by the wayside or kind of where were things? Um, no, we like, yeah, we didn't tour that record even that much. Um, I think it came out in the spring of 2010. 
and then uh yeah we were kind of done by the end of that summer um yeah i don't know it was like it was a grind for sure um you know you'd be just playing lots of small shows and um yeah the guys just wanted to do other stuff you know and go back i think a couple of them went back to school and um you know we sort of we had lots of member changes as well like when i first went down and it was you know we changed drummers at one point and guitar players and bass players and um yeah it's uh yeah it's just a grind touring and uh you know, I think half being from the States and half from Canada made it even harder too, because, mm. you know, there was always that added, like, are we even going to get across the border and be able to finish this tour or not? Right. And hmm. um, yeah, yeah, so it just kind of fizzled out, I guess. And we, we were thinking about keeping it going, but um, yeah, eventually just decided that, uh, It'd just be too much work and went back to school instead. Yeah. So, so you kind of going back to school, um, you know, think you've kind of been, you still been recently, I I've noticed you, you still been, you know, staying creative, uh, which is cool to see. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying before, as far as having that one song to like, not let your, you know, creativity in your creative spirit, like just be tarnished or mm -hmm. taken away from you. So, um, yeah, like as far as just like how your life has changed after like being the, the skinny kid, just jumping around and screaming in people's faces and, you know, now being a dad and having kids and doing that kind of thing. Like, like, like you were saying, like you have a, a playlist where you can be nostalgic. Um, but yeah, like is, I'm just kind of curious on like how, like how, how often are you thinking about like means and like the good old days and, and those kind of things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't have kids. Um, oh, okay. It must, is I, it nieces and nephews? Yeah. Pro uh, yeah. Okay. Probably saw some pics of them. Yeah. I have like nine, I think nieces or nephews. Oh, okay. Something like that. There's just a lot of kids where I just was like, one <laughs> yeah. of these maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, not so far. They're all so awesome though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, I'm running and listening to hardcore music. I'm definitely thinking about it and missing it. And um, yeah, I miss traveling around and we made lots of good friendships with people in different places and definitely miss getting to see them. And, misperforming for sure um but yeah i play a little bit of music still in church these days um and then yeah i really got back into painting and and doing visual art and stuff which has been really good and is um yeah finding any way to be creative i think is really important and you know good for your mental health and um yeah just good for your your general well-being i think and, right yeah. have you uh have you always been painting um because i yeah it's just been maybe like maybe one of those things where it's like pandemic things just new skills are oh, yeah. added or like you know oh i'm actually doing this a lot more i'm just posting about it more 
Um, yeah, just tell me how you got started started with that. Um, yeah, so I always liked art, um, you know, through school and high school and everything. And I used to just sketch um, different like tattoo ideas or like record cover ideas, stuff like that, or mm. just doodles or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know probably like four years ago or so I kind of got into it. I didn't really do anything when I was in university. Um, but then after I started, um, yeah, painting and, and sketching and stuff again and have really kind of leaned into that and really, you know, sort of come alive when I'm doing that and really enjoy it. So, yeah, it seems to be, um, I noticed that you use a lot of like really bright colors, which is really, um, mm. you know, intriguing. Um, you seem to like birds a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know where that started, but yeah, I do a lot of birds. <laughs> is is there just like something, um, just like bird, like, I think I saw you, you have a tattoo or got a tattoo of like a bird, uh, from someone semi recently. And then like, I was going through your Instagram and it was like the bird tattoo. And then there was like a lot of bird, uh, painting. So oh, yeah. like, are those c connected or is there a bird <clears throat> fan somewhere in there? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I got a tattoo in the UK. Uh, there's a really cool artist out there, uh, named Barney. Um, his Instagram is RAB tattoo, I think. Okay. Um, but he does like these really cool birds and different like hearts and stuff. And, um, and yeah, so I just, I was over there visiting my sister and he had a cancellation. I was able to get in last minute and get that from him. But um, yeah, I think for me, like the, the bird thing, like is, um, it has like a spiritual aspect to it. Like you see, you know, if you grew up in the church, like often the doves used to represent like the spirit of God or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I had, uh, I'd always, I draw like these birds sort of resting on like a heart and just representative of like, um, you know, just uh, a spirit, um, you know, God or whatever you want to call it, like being at home in you and just being like whole as a person. And um, so that's where I think a lot of the birds come from. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, I used to hang out. I have uh, grandparents that lived out in the forest up in northern Saskatchewan a little bit. And um, we'd watch birds out their window and stuff. And so, um, yeah, there's some interest in birds and just wildlife in general hmm. from that area that I've included in some of my painting these days. Yeah, like it's, it's pretty crazy just to, you know, that is a style that I don't see on the regular on my Instagram feed. So whenever mm -hmm. I see it, I know... I know it's you immediately and it seems like you have that down path. Oh, cool. So that's very cool. Um, I, I, I did want to ask a couple more questions before we start to wrap it up. So you're mentioning mm -hmm. you have family all over the world in different places. Um, and I thought this was personally cool because, you know, Nolan, uh, one of your younger brothers is a little bit more like my age as far as generations go. Um, all right. It was when I was first starting to play in bands that I guess he started doing uh hold fast and uh oh, yeah. i thought it was just crazy to be like you know dylan like is this you know person 
in hardcore that I like look up to and, and maybe he's not doing that right now, but like his younger brother who like looks very similar to you as far as like <laughs> builds covered in tattoos. I think your haircuts were like very yeah. close at the same time, but then he's like fronting a band. So was that a little strange for you when he started doing that before that band kind of broke up? Um, yeah, not strange. It was, it was great. Yeah. It was, um, you know, humbling and, you know, I was honored that he was kind of doing that sort of thing that I had, uh, I had been doing. And, um, yeah, I did a little, little part on their record and, oh, yeah, that's right. you know, we'd go yeah. to shows with them. Um, yeah, it was super fun mm -hmm. and yeah, I really, really supported what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And, and awesome. he's still living out in, uh, in Australia. Yeah. He's down in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I moved down there like probably six or long time I don't know, ago. eight years ago or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. I I I follow a few people in Australia, and I think that they, I don't know if they have shows, but they definitely have like normal world things right now, as far as like conventions and you know weird things like that right now. So, um. Yeah. No, that's cool. Like, has your has your family always kind of just been spread around, or have have people just grown up in Yorkton? They're like, I need to get out of here and move to Arizona <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have family in Arizona, and so we would always trek down there in the summer. My dad uh, was a teacher, and so he had the summers off, and we'd pile in his old like 1970 VW van and. <laughs> drive down to Arizona for a couple weeks. Nice. Um, so my older brother moved down there after high school. And then uh, my sisters went to um, to college at uh, Hillsong in Australia. Oh, okay. And my little brother just trekked down there to hang out with one of them for like a year or something and then met his wife. And so he stayed there. Hmm. Yeah, the others have kind of moved back to Canada since... But, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, rad. Well, yeah, we've kind of hit on a lot of the points that I want to hit, um, to cover. Um, I think, you know, one of the last questions I'll ask you, Dylan, and I'm sure you've been asked this many times throughout, you know, the years of, uh, you know, not being in a band, um, can people ever expect a means reunion of some caliber oh. in, in the future? Um, I, I think, I think, uh, Cole, Cole Young, who played guitar in Horizons, uh, when hmm. when you guys were doing that tour, we were talking about how um, Have Heart did some recent reunion shows uh, back in 2019, and just talking about like, you know, a band needs to be gone long enough to warrant a proper reunion versus like, hey, we're gone for three years and then come back. So, um, you know, ha has that. I'm sure that's crossed your mind a, a number of times throughout the year, but uh, where where are things at? Because personally, you know, talking about the the last show, I would love to be like I would be at that room regardless, but I would love to be there to kind of film that set in a in a 2021 or you know whatever year it is uh, kind of format. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're a little bit old to do a reunion at this stage sure <laughs> um yeah it was always 
mean, it's always tough to talk about a reunion. Like we didn't, Aaron and I live in Regina, um, but our bass player Todd lives up in Edmonton and Matt lives out in uh, Victoria and, uh, you know, has been doing this thing with Northcote for a long time now. And um, yeah, we've never, like, we've never seriously talked about doing a reunion. Um, but I think if we were going to do it, we probably would have done it at like five or 10 years, maybe. Right. Um, at this point, we'd just be hobbling up there and hardly <laughs> keeping it together. <laughs> Well, you know, 15's not too far away, and, and that could be yeah. something. I, I'm not trying to push you to do anything, but I know <laughs> myself included would, you know, it doesn't matter if if the band is, you know, you know, 20 years old or 50 years old. There are certain songs that I'm sure lots of people would love to hear live. But, uh, yeah. yeah, if that comes to be, that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, you know, there's still a handful of good memories and stuff that uh, that people can, mm -hmm. can look back on. Um, yeah, I don't even know, uh, like, I'm sure that there would be a number of, like, it, like certain throwback bands that if you guys were doing a, 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 a reunion set of some kind would also be doing some kind of reunion set of their own. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It'd be super fun to do something like that with, you know, our old friends in um, Holly Springs and Horizons. Those guys were so fun and you know um yeah any of those bands like that every new day and just kind of like be super fun to do like one big reunion show of like <laughs> every prairie, band on the bill like, is doing a reunion set. yeah yeah that'd be very yeah cool. just a bunch of prairie <laughs> bands that'd be super fun yeah man that man that would be insane um well dylan this has been really fun um like i said like you know i think it's always crazy for what I, for what I do or just any musical thing that I, that I've been a part of to like not really see some of the, the impacts that maybe a song that I write make, or like, you know, me doing a podcast that like affects someone in a positive way, but, you know, being able to, uh, sing your, sing your praises for, uh, you know, an hour or so and, you know, give, give you your roses as far as what you did for me, as far as influencing, um, that's been really cool for me. Um, the last question that I asked all of my guests on the podcast is a favorite mosh story that they would like to share. So that doesn't necessarily <laughs> need to be like, oh, this crazy, uh, means moment <clears throat> or like something that you did. Uh, it's whatever the, whatever's the first thing to your mind, uh, is, uh, how we kind of end off. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, there's been some, yeah there's always funny moments on tour and a couple, a couple of like fights in the crowd of like people that I know that like, I, you know, I'm friends with now that like we're in a fight in the, in the show or something that are kind of funny. But um, I think a funny one is uh, we, on the life in your way tour, we played this, I don't even remember where it was somewhere. Um, that was just this weird show. Like every now and then you'll just play a show that's just like super weird, whether it's like, um, you know, nobody there or just like, yeah, the vibe is just strange. And we'd been, uh, we'd been having this contest about scissor kicks where you like jump and shoot your legs out or whatever. <laughs> okay. While you're playing guitar or like singing or whatever. Yeah. And uh, we, we kind of had this contest going, um, 
because I on our on our last album in means I was doing like all these scissor kicks because we started playing faster and stuff and right. uh, Todd who was playing in Life in Your Way who uh, was a singer with Honor he we we had like this sort of competition going between who is doing like the better scissor kicks and who could do more and whatever and so we were playing this weird show and we we're like let's do a, let's do a contest tonight of uh, who can do the most scissor kicks in their set and so to open we just opened on like this punk beat and uh, me and Matt and Todd uh, just did scissor kicks for like half a minute straight at the start <laughs> of our set <laughs> Like, this man is really excited to play and you're like just trying to get the numbers <laughs> and... yeah that's funny yeah because um as honestly pretty impressive like you know matt doing a lot of heavy guitar work but would still move around and j- jump and do scissor kicks so yeah that's uh really cool to see yeah yeah we always got lots of compliments about sounding really full for only having one guitar yeah, and, uh, that's all to Matt's credit. He was so good and so creative with how he was playing, and you know he'd write the songs so that they would sound good when he played them. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah all those things, you know, like it, it, it's crazy. To, I I totally forgot to like there was not really a point to kind of bring this up, but it was just off of you know Matt. Like there, there's all these different moments where I think about you know how means again influence a lot of different things of what I do like a lot of um the first songs I was writing were like like what are the weird chords that Matt does in these and uh, <laughs> one of the first guitars I actually played in a band was a, a Tempest custom uh that that he had that black with the, oh, cool. the gold so yeah some of those are just flooding back now just while we're at the tail end um but like I said yeah. Dylan um this interview has you know was really important to me i'm super happy that you were down to 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 chat about some some things from way way beyond um you know all of your socials and you know the music links will be in the show notes and the description of the video but if there's anything specific that you want to end on the floor is yours for whatever uh you got oh thanks yeah and thanks so much for saying all that it's uh yeah it's great to hear and just humbled um you know, that anybody is still interested in what we were doing over 10 years ago. And yeah, to see that it, uh, you know, could have influenced anybody is, um, yeah, really humbling and really thankful for that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I would, uh, you know, I don't have much going on. My, I have a personal uh, Instagram where I post some art and, you know, I have a little story and get some prints or whatever. But um, yeah, I'd plug uh, Northcote. Uh, Matt from Means is still doing that and Stephen from Continuance is playing with him and they're super awesome they put out a new record recently and it's super super good so um, yeah check that out if you haven't checked them out and yeah thanks for having me it was really fun yeah yeah I'm uh, very gracious uh, and uh, very stoked on on this whole chat to be able to do those things Uh, also shout out to Aaron's podcast, Growing Up Punk, and what's what's the other one uh, that we can quickly throw in here? Um, oh, yeah, I mentioned uh, Shipwreck Over Safety. Yes. That's uh, Blair, who was the original bass player in Means, and uh, another buddy from the, the local hardcore scene days in Regina. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. Well, Dylan, this has been a blast. Thank you again for giving me an hour of your time and chatting with me. Yeah, you bet. Thanks so much.